Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Welcome to this week's episode. So I got this one via request. Um, And yes, you can request topics if you would like. So just shoot me a message on Instagram at Amanda underscore chills or send me an email, amanda.chills at gmail.com. And I'm happy to do requests if I can. So the request was to talk about emotional exhaustion versus compassion fatigue versus burnout and talk about the differences. now I knew is I knew is I knew of emotional exhaustion as a concept, but I didn't realize that it was a term that was kind of having a lot of content created about it. Um, so what I find is that anytime there's like a psychology concept that gets a lot of traction, people start identifying with that. Like when people started identifying um, with neurodivergent, people start identifying as a highly sensitive person. People start identifying as an empath, like whatever's kind of getting a lot of content created around it, people will start identifying, which makes a lot of sense because we humans love labels. Um, we love to know about ourselves. Like that makes a lot of sense, right? So, so emotional exhaustion is something I see often with clients. Um, And it's kind of just a product of being alive. So I would, you know, be willing to bet that at some point everyone experiences emotional exhaustion, especially the way that society is set up now. Um, So think about the lack of multi-generational households, like the nuclear family unit, the lack of community that happens, capitalism exists, oppression exists, racism exists, homophobia, living in wild economic times, living through a pandemic, going to work, doing laundry, (laughs) like laundry, never ending laundry, never ending dishes, having to cook every day for the rest of your life. Like those things would overwhelm anyone. And think of emotional exhaustion as like extreme overwhelm. So I'm going to go over the definitions of all of them. But think of emotional exhaustion as like overwhelm turned up to a thousand, right? So emotional exhaustion is a state of feeling emotionally worn out and drained as a result of accumulated stress from your lives. So hi, welcome to adulting, (laughs) which is why you will hear me until the end of time talk about systems and community and leveraging because if we rely on our own energy to do everything, yeah, that's going to for sure create exhaustion. Um, it, it's just not sustainable. So systems, 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 making things as easy as they can be, making things as simple as they can be, getting your mindset um, in a helpful place. Like we're going to go over all of those at the end. So There's a term that I use a lot called allostatic load, which essentially 
is all of the things you're dealing with combined. So here's the way I normally put it. If you were carrying a five gallon bucket of water, it would be pretty easy because it's all in one five gallon bucket. It might be a little heavy, it'll weigh about 35 pounds, but you could carry it, you could probably carry it forever um, because it's all contained into one thing. So this is like, if one thing in life is going sideways, like everything is really good, but your car engine blew up and needs a new transmission. Okay, not too bad because only one thing is sideways. Now, allostatic load would be like carrying that same five gallons of water, but in like 40 different containers. So some mason jars, some shot glasses, um, a couple of buckets here, and a Ziploc bag here, and a fishbowl here. Infinitely harder to carry, even though it's the same volume of water. So this would be like, work is really stressful and it doesn't pay you quite enough um, and your car needs a transmission and you have laundry to do and shit you have dishes to do and you forgot to make dinner um, last night which means you have to make dinner tonight and it's like all of those things when they add up they become it feels like way more than five gallons because it's in way more containers so allostatic load is something i find a lot of people have never heard of um, which I suppose that's common when you get deeply into a field. A lot of people haven't just heard the nuances of the field. Um, but it makes a huge difference, which is why I talk about systems, 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 systems. Because if we have a system for dinner, if we have a system for laundry, if we have a system for dishes, if we, I mean, and a system can be something like a dishwasher. Like, you ever lived in a house that didn't have a dishwasher? And then you moved into a house that had a dishwasher? Bro. <laughs> like the amount of energy, mental energy that saves is bananas considering it's just the dishwasher. Or if you ever lived in a house without a washer dryer and then you've got a washer dryer, like the allostatic load went way, way, way down. So that's what we're talking about in terms of allostatic load. So if a lot of things are going wrong, it feels a lot harder than if most things are going well and one thing goes wrong, even if that one thing is objectively bigger than the little things. Um, so just, just living as an adult in these, uh, post pandemic, pretty wild times, um, can cause emotional exhaustion. It can, it can cause it. So I would be 0% surprised if most people didn't fit the criteria for emotional exhaustion. Um, so What's the difference between that and compassion fatigue? Compassion fatigue is exhaustion from caring for people. So think nurses, um, therapists, being a caretaker, perhaps if you have a partner or a child or a parent with very high needs or who has a disability, compassion fatigue is extremely common. Um, humans are very, very good at short-term compassion. We need a lot of support for long-term care. Um, compassion fatigue is also called vicarious trauma because caring for someone else can create trauma in us. So you'll see vicarious trauma a lot as well in first responders, um, 911 operators who all day long hear really traumatic things, EMS, sheriff's officers, um, social workers, therapists, things like that can be vicarious trauma, um, military, vets, um, like veterinarians, 
um, animal control, things like that, experience a lot of compassion fatigue, a lot of vicarious trauma, simply because of the work that they do. We are just in the weeds with trauma all day long, some of us more than others. For example, any first responder sees way more trauma than I do. Um, they're also seeing in a moment, which is quite different. So compassion fatigue is a state of exhaustion and dysfunction as a result of prolonged exposure to compassion stress, essentially taking care of someone or, or being in the weeds of trauma, um, which is a little bit different than burnout. So some people can experience burnout without experiencing compassion fatigue. People can experience emotional exhaustion and not the rest of them. But I like to think of them as kind of a spectrum. So burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. So think emotional exhaustion is kind of like, um, if it's like Budweiser, it'd be like Bud Light. Um, and then burnout is like, just totally um like you heard the term hit a wall it's more like the wall hit you <laughs> with burnout um it doesn't have to come from work it can come from any aspect of life it can come from living in late stage capitalism like let's just <laughs> call that what it is um it, it can come i mean god there's so many things that contribute to it so emotional exhaustion is kind of like before and then if that's not taken care of, it will very likely turn into burnout. So we definitely want to hit it and take care of it when it's a five and not a 10. Although if you're at a 10 and you're dealing with it and you're taking care of it now, good. Um, but ideally we're taking care of things when they're a five and not a 10 just because they're a little bit easier. So emotional exhaustion comes more from life stressors, compassion fatigue, tends to come more from work or responsibilities. Again, if you're a caretaker, um, you're you know, very, very likely to experience compassion fatigue. And burnout can kind of come from anywhere as well. So you may be like, Amanda, um, where, where does emotional exhaustion come from? Well, I'm gonna tell you. And in no particular order, it can come from just work. It can come from your life responsibilities. Remember, allostatic load, even lots of little things can add up to feel much heavier than one big thing. Um, stress overload, ex uh, having unresolved trauma, which causes a whole host of issues. Being out of alignment with your life, that's actually the one that I see most often is unresolved trauma and then people who are living out of alignment with their actual desires. Um, you know, apart from late stage capital, we'll get there. Um, living or experiencing systemic oppression. So if you have a marginalized identity, if you're a person of color, if you are trans, if you are LGBT, um, if you have a disability, if you're obese, like there are so many systems in place that cause and create harm. And so, you know, we can't even have that conversation without also talking about those things. Um, being unhoused or having financial insecurity or having housing insecurity, um, all of those things contribute to emotional exhaustion because it's just a lot. Um, late stage capitalism, we've talked about that. Like it's, if you don't make a lot of money, it's hard to live. So 
you know, I'll also add to that, like not really understanding money. Um, even if people make a lot of money, if they don't have a good financial education, they don't really understand how money works, saving, investing, things like that. It causes a lot of problems. Um, of course, then there's like having an abusive family or being in an abusive relationship, things like that. Um, any kind of chronic stressors. And that can be a, a physical illness, um, a, a mental health issue, anxiety, depression, trauma, PTSD, CPTSD, bipolar, um, any of those things cause chronic stress because they need chronic management. Um, being chronically dysregulated. So most people I find have a wildly dysregulated nervous system, meaning their nervous system doesn't regulate well on its own. Um, people use a lot of exogenous regulators like alcohol, weed, um, other substances, and they just kind of stay dysregulated. So they're like hyper emotional or they're like super, super shut down. Both are signs of a dysregulated nervous system. And that is very, very stressful to the brain. Um, anxiety, depression, like all of those things can contribute to emotional exhaustion. So what does it look like if you're like, oh, okay, like I think I have it, but let me let me go over some of the symptoms. So just feeling in general. Sorry, we are yawning so much today just feeling in general like apathetic so the hallmark of exhaustion is like people lose the ability to care because caring takes energy and in order to survive mind prioritizes survival and apathy is one of the ways that mind frees up energy in order to continue doing things is like the the give a damn just shuts off essentially um so big apathy is a sign withdrawing, isolating socially. Um, people take energy, like it, it takes energy to interact with people. And so if people are spending all of their energy surviving, well, then they don't have a lot freed up for social interactions, right? Um, feeling extreme exhaustion. So not just like physical tired, like soul tired. Like if I laid down in the forest and became the forest, that it still wouldn't be enough um, to, rest you know what i mean if i slept for three months it wouldn't be enough rest if um like i need a doctor to write me a prescription to go to the seaside for three months like victorian times kind of rest and um, like extreme soul exhaustion um being like irritable all the time because what happens when people feel really overwhelmed is that they have a short fuse so that means people are more likely to pop off. They're more likely to be irritable just because their threshold for being annoyed and dealing with life is much smaller. Um, feeling stuck or helpless. That's one that I see a lot. And I'll tell you that mindset then creates more stuckness. So we'll talk about that. Um, not being able to do what you know would help. So often I hear people say like, well, really all the time. I know what would, I know what would help. I know what I should be doing. I know that I should be doing X, Y, Z. I know that this and this and this would help, but I just can't get myself to do it. Um, yeah, that's a sign of emotional exhaustion and a lot of other things that are happening and getting in the way of that happening, but it is a sign of big exhaustion. Um, only paying attention to the negative. When people feel stuck, helpless, exhausted, their mind is wired to look for more of the same. And that also creates a much bigger stuckness. So that is not helpful. Um, chronic headaches can be a sign. 
having really tense muscles all the time or having a sore body can be a sign. Being chronically ill can be a sign because chronic stress is very, very hard on the body and it suppresses the immune system. So being chronically sick, having trouble sleeping, falling asleep, staying asleep, experiencing brain fog, depression, feeling numb all the time, all of those could lead, could like, um, well, they are symptoms of emotional exhaustion. It doesn't necessarily mean you have it if you have some of those symptoms, but those are the symptoms. So you may be like, damn, Amanda, <laughs> that is a lot. How the fuck do we work with this? Well, first, let me tell you, it is, it's normal. It's not ideal. I would, you know, I'm intending that it gets much better for you and that you do the things that help and that this becomes a distant memory for you. But it is very normal. It is a byproduct of adulting, um, living in the times that we live in, having access to all of the worst things happening all over the world with a two-second Google search. So, you know, we also have minds wired for like neanderthal times and then we develop this like really complex complicated brain on top of that but we still have the wiring of like a zebra so we're still wired to run away from things that feel scary and to fight things that we think will win the fight and feel scary so you know we're we have these like infinitely complicated brains on top of these really really simple simple part of our brain and then we're living in this like really complex, complicated, advanced life. Um, try explaining like taxes or a cell phone to a peasant living in the 1200s. Like try explaining, um, gosh, any of the things that we deal with to someone a thousand years ago. Like we deal with so many really, really advanced, complicated things and our minds are still <laughs> wired for a lot of simplicity. Um, so how do we mitigate it? These are in no particular order. There's not one thing that's going to fix everything. Um, there might be one that creates the most impact. And I'll tell you the two that I find, um, or the three or four that I find create the most impact. But what I think creates the most impact and what you know will create the most impact might also not be the same thing. So this is just what I've seen in my work. Um, so no particular order. Whichever one hits you is like, damn, that's the one to do, then like, that's the one to do. Um, so, so how do we mitigate it? How do we fix it? One, we build systems. Systems, systems, systems. We fail to the level of our systems and willpower is not a reasonable resource to use 24 seven. Build a system. If you always do laundry on Tuesdays, if you meal prep on Sundays, if you have systems for making decisions, oh, if it's a full body yes, then it's a yes. Um, if it's 20% no, then it's a no. That's a decision-making system. Oh, on, like for example, on Mondays, I, I eat salmon, salmon Mondays, taco Tuesdays. Like why do people do that? Because it's a system. It makes the decision for them. So they're making less decisions. Um, do you tend to wear the same 10 things? Do you rotate the same 10 outfits? All of those are systems. So how do you create systems? Well, 
Think of the things in your life that are causing the most friction, causing the most problems, and brainstorm how to make it a repeatable system. If you want help with that, holler to girl. Um, we can definitely schedule like a one-off to, to help you get some systems. Um, heal trauma. Do trauma work. When people carry unresolved trauma, it's like a million things are plugged into them. And even if those things aren't on, even if you're not consciously thinking of them, they're still open tabs in your unconscious. And so when you heal unresolved trauma, when unresolved trauma becomes resolved, it closes that tab and the thing unplugs, close the tab, unplug, close the tab, unplug, which frees up energy, it frees up power. So you know if like you have a million programs running on your computer, it runs slower, Unresolved trauma is exactly like that. And it's not always happening consciously. But if the tab is open and unconscious, it's draining power. So we want to close tabs. So doing trauma work with a professional, okay, that is not something to do yourself. That requires a professional. Rewiring your mind for growth, for healing, for helpful thoughts. A lot of people, their problem is their fucking brain. The problem is their thoughts. The problem is what they pay attention to. And there's a concept called cognitive bias, which essentially is what you look for, you're going to find. So if you've ever thought about buying a Jeep, you're going to start seeing Jeeps everywhere because mind is thinking of them. If people start intending, when you intend to look for good things, for glimmers, for the positive, then you're going to find more of that. And then life feels a lot less stressful when it, when you're noticing all the good, right? Not that there's no bad, but it becomes so small compared to how many good things. So rewiring your mind to look for the positive, to be growth focused, to focus on what you can do, all of those things hands down one of the best things you can do um shifting language so if you've ever heard someone who complains a lot um they're not very happy i've never met someone complain themselves to happiness <laughs> like i'm just usually when people chronically complain they're just more miserable there's a reason for that language matters and you guys know if you've been around you know that i am such a asshole about language <laughs> like i will correct it every time because it matters language is the thing that like kneecaps most people's progress so using growth focused language yes this feels hard and i'm capable of doing things that feel hard okay yeah this kind of seems really difficult but i can figure it out like those things matter um cutting out Toxic people, toxic things, et cetera. This is not me saying go quit your job tomorrow or break up with your partner or never talk to your parents again. That's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is create some distance. And if you can leave, great, if that's what you're intending to do. But create some distance between things that feel draining, awful, like eating hot mayonnaise. Um, there's nothing wrong with changing jobs for a job that feels better or pays more or with a better environment. Now, I don't recommend quitting that before you have a new job, but like there's nothing wrong with biding time. I would very much encourage creating distance between yourself and people that make you feel like shit. Um, there's no downside to that. Yeah, you might miss them every once in a while, but your life is gonna get infinitely better. So cutting out 
stressors, toxic people, toxic things, um, things that feel draining, things that feel like hot mayonnaise. What I have found useful to do is to write all of those things down so that you have a really actual awareness of them and then pick one or two to start creating distance from and feel how much energy like opens up for you. Radical acceptance, which essentially means stop fucking fighting what is. Like there's a war in Gaza. I don't have the power to stop it. It's there. Do I have the power to do something? Sure. I can donate to World Central Kitchen. I can um, call awareness to it. I can donate to a relief fund. Like I can do what's within my power to do, but just being perpetually upset that there's a war in Gaza or a war in Ukraine or genocide in Sudan, like it doesn't benefit anyone and it certainly doesn't benefit me and it doesn't change anything for those people. What does change things for those people is for me to accept it, to stop fighting it and to do what there is to do about it. So radical acceptance essentially means accepting what is happening so that you then direct your attention and energy on things that are useful to have done and possible to do which is our next thing. Do things that are useful to have done and possible to do. It's useful to do the dishes and it's possible to do them. Do I really want to do them? Maybe not, but it's useful to have done them and possible. And it will help in the long run. Um, learn to build a resilient nervous system. So this is one that is so helpful. A lot of people get stuck in not um, like just having a really, really dysregulated system. So trauma does that. It causes a dysregulated nervous system, meaning the body is not good at coming down. So again, overreacting or being completely shut down are both signs of a dysregulated nervous system. And the intention is to build a resilient nervous system. When things happen, your system, well, it always has the capacity to handle it, but it comes down naturally it comes down quickly efficiently effectively so things go wrong of course that is life but it's not super super high or super super low like there's a nice pretty steady um kind of threshold that lives there so this is for example someone with a resilient nervous system let's say both people need a new transmission one person starts crying freaking out totally shuts down, can't figure out how to problem solve, goes into helpless mode, goes into victim mode, never gets it done. The other person just gets the transmission fixed, finds a way to get the transmission fixed and moves on with their life. So that's the difference between a resilient nervous system and a non-resilient, dysfunctional, dysregulated nervous system. Doing mindset work. Um, knowing that you can handle things choosing to feed helpful thoughts so we can't control our thoughts we can control which ones we feed um mindset work mindset work mindset work mindset work most people it's not their ability that holds them back it's their beliefs and their mindset so doing mindset work journaling can be helpful if your intention is to process and release some pressure my favorite way to do this is to just free flow journal. So just write, I feel or I've been feeling would be even better. So I've been feeling at the top of some paper and go like go ham, go to town. It'll help a lot. You can untangle a lot of spaghetti that way. Um, if that 
feels like it would be very overwhelming, I would do it with someone so that you stay connected to them. Which that one is tied into processing emotions. So being shut down and avoiding things that feel stressful uh, doesn't work long term. It actually creates emotional exhaustion and burnout. So process emotions, feel your shit. Um, it's kind of like taking a bird out of a closet. Once you release it, it's gone. Um, which is not to say like you have to sit in the emotion forever, only to say it will pass. Allow it to come up, it will pass. Um, if you have a lot of trauma in your history, then I would absolutely recommend doing this with a professional. Um, so make the discernment there. Focusing on what you can control. Again, I cannot control the war in Gaza, Ukraine, genocide happening in Sudan. I can't control any of those things. Um, what I can do is what I can do. And only you know what you can do. I know what I can do. So focusing on what we actually have the power to do is incredibly useful because we can't do what we can't do. And the number of things we actually have control over is a lot smaller than the things we don't have control over. Um, do things that feel energy giving. A lot of people just go to work and go home and binge Netflix and then scroll TikTok or Instagram for a couple hours and then go to sleep and then they wake up and do it all over again. No wonder they feel like shit. <laughs> like, no wonder. Um, do things that are fun, that are novel, that feel purposeful, that you enjoy, even if your mind tries to get in the way and tell you all these stories about how how you've been tired and how it may not be fun and how it might be uncomfortable, blah, 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 mind drama, mind drama. Do things that give you energy, that feel energizing, that feel purposeful and watch how much better you feel, okay? Watch how much better you feel. Move well, eat well, sleep well. If people eat like shit, they feel like shit. If they never move their bodies, they feel like shit. If they never sleep, they feel like shit. All of those things are within your control. All of those things are low-hanging fruit. Move your body. Um, shift the way you're eating to more nutritious foods. Go to sleep. Stop. You know, don't just have a phone three inches from your face and then immediately expect to sleep. <laughs> like why chase sleep, wind down. Well, not chase sleep. Let sleep chase you. Wind down before you go to bed. Um, connect with others. This is one of the fastest ways to feel better is connection. Humans are wired for community and connection. Connect with someone. Not that you have to reach out and say you're struggling. You can just say, hey, um, hey, I was just thinking about you. How are you? That is enough. Set some boundaries. Set some boundaries. This is one of the ones that makes a big impact quickly. Stop doing shit you hate doing or make you feel like shit. Create some distance with people who suck. <laughs> like It's totally possible. Um, if you're wanting some support with that, I do have a course on boundaries. It's called Boundaries Batty. So just shoot me a message if you're interested in that um, at Amanda underscore chills on Instagram or email amanda.chills at gmail. 
be radically honest. What do you love about your life? What do you hate? What do you want to change? Um, radical honesty. It's totally fucking life-changing. And then take radical accountability for that. Your life is on you. Now, the things you've experienced are not always your fault, but they are your responsibility to heal or to make work. Um, I'm not someone who believes like every single thing in our life we chose because sometimes we're choosing out of survival mode or sometimes we're choosing out of really shitty options. And sometimes we didn't choose at all because we didn't know that we had a choice or someone made a choice for us. So this is where a lot of these have a lot of nuance. Once we're aware of something and we have control over changing anything in our life. So that's where radical accountability comes in. It's not to say, you know, everything that's in your life is your fault. That That is absolutely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have the power to change anything that you'd like to change in your life. Maybe not immediately, but eventually. Do work that feels purposeful. We've already gone over this. Stop focusing on you and focus on other people. Like go help someone. Go help someone. Um, and our last one. Let go of perfectionism. This can create some of the big, perfectionism poisons everything. And it creates so much exhaustion because it's not, it's it's just not real. It's, I have a um, picture in my office that says, the pursuit of perfection is the pursuit of death. It creates so much pressure and exhaustion and it feels shitty. <laughs> People feel like shit, it makes no sense. Um, so there you have it. What am I missing? What have you found works for you? Um, which one do you intend to do? You know, get an intention for one of those and start, start. Things will get better. Just start. doesn't have to be pretty. doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, it requires neither of those. It only requires starting. So there you go. There you go. Go start. <laughs>